Welcome to We've Got Issues Girl, a podcast for women who are curious about politics. My name is Carrie. And my name is Skye, and I've got an issue. Every, what is your issue? Every candidate is asking me for money. I'm not oh, kidding yeah. you. I get like four text messages a day. Yeah, Joe Biden emails me every day asking he, for money. Well, he loves you. That's why. That's true. But <laughs> it's kind of wild. I mean, yeah. so what's the deal? The I'm, primaries are like... Yeah, I mean, the prim- we're in the middle of primary season. So uh, Super Tuesday is just a few weeks away, and uh, the presidential candidates need money they need to spend money um in order to win and in order to spend money they need to raise money so they are calling and and emailing Emailing. and advertising on tv and and all of that yeah it gets um pretty intense but unfortunately politics political campaigns cost money yeah it's just there's no way around it yeah I mean, even on our, my campaign, on our campaign, we had to raise a significant amount of money for yeah. mail and direct voter contact, meaning knocking on doors and talking to people, passing out literature. Yeah. Well, so a lot of that we use volunteers for, but mm-hmm. like you need a piece of paper to hand out at the doors when you're knocking doors. You need a piece of paper to mail. You need to pay for a stamp. You need to pay for T-shirts and candy and I mean, the list goes on. It's kind of amazing how it adds up so quickly. Yeah. And unless you are a billionaire, like we do have some presidential candidates who are billionaires. Mm -hmm. um, So if you are someone who is independently wealthy and can finance their own campaign, then perhaps you don't have to ask everyone you know for money. But most candidates have to ask for money. And for Mm -hmm. me, it was probably the hardest part of campaigning is to ask people for money. It puts you in a very vulnerable situation. Even for me, I was asking for pretty low dollar amounts of money. But think about presidential scale. I mean, they have to ask for millions and millions of dollars, where I was only asking for like 10 and $20 at a time. But even then you're calling, it's like you're cold calling people who maybe you don't necessarily know, right? You can get so how do you figure out who you're going to call? We started pretty early with that mm-hmm. list building it yeah i think um for for smaller campaigns and local elections it's the first place you start are your friends and your family mm-hmm. um i like to do with candidates a mind map exercise so you sit down and you write out all of your family all of your close friends all of your work friends all of your yeah board member friends and you just kind of branch out from there your sorority sisters your high school buddies your maybe your high school boyfriends yeah and just start asking for money from whoever you can and 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 you make it really broad even if you know uncle steve is only going to be able to donate ten dollars then ask him for ten dollars i mean that's where you kind of have to start particularly if you're not independently wealthy or if you're not already tied in with a major pack right. or um, a labor organization or maybe a chamber of commerce sure. or some other organization that does um, donate a large sum of money to campaigns. Um, mm-hmm. You do have to start kind of grassroots and, and ask everybody you know. Yeah. It's like you drop a, what's that? You, the um, puddle effect. No, I'm sorry. A ripple effect? A ripple effect. Yeah. So you start with your inner circle mm-hmm. and then you go one one ripple out, another yep. ripple out. The ripple <laughs> you effect. Just, you yeah. just, you know, you go till you have a, a database full of folks. Mm-hmm. And man, it's hard to ask for money, though. It really like, is. It was. It's So we do these things called call time. And mm-hmm. it's just like you sit down and you start calling. And it's mm-hmm. you. I remember sitting down on our lunch hour many times and it was so easy to just get distracted 
Oh yeah. And you would distract me on purpose. I feel oh like. yes, I would. So that you I hated making have phone calls. To make phone calls. Yeah, I know. But think about it on a larger scale. So like, there are congressmen and women who have to dedicate days mm-hmm. out of their week to make call times because there's a certain certain threshold that, of money that they need to raise in order to have a leadership position within mm-hmm. the party or be on a committee that they want to be on. They have to raise money for the party and for other candidates. And so they might often spend more time raising money than actually legislating, which is where I think campaign finance reform is necessary because Absolutely. you would think that they it would be opposite, right? You would yeah. think that they would spend more time on trying to pass bills and create bills that will help people of this country instead of having to sit down and ask for money. Unfortunately, that's the reality of things. And a lot of that reason is because of this landmark Supreme Court case that a lot of people have heard of called Citizens United, um, Citizens United v. FEC. And um, that sort of changed campaign finance in a way where it got rid of the kind of lower level contribution limits, um, Mm -hmm. more of the reasonable contribution limits. And now individuals and corporations can spend basically an unlimited yeah, amount of money they have on no candidates. restrictions right and packs are being formed by corporations and billionaires are able to funnel their money through the packs to mm-hmm. candidates and it sort of changed the game in a way where now you have to fundraise all of the time which is yeah. why we're seeing so many of the presidential candidates asking for money out i mean you know, i see memes going on of bernie sanders saying like mm-hmm. i'm asking again for your your, your money or your yeah. support um, because like they have to constantly ask ask for money if you don't have a giant pack yeah. in your corner. Yeah, it, and it's just it's incessant, and unfortunately, it's necessary in the world we live in today, where there are no restrictions and there's no bottom to this, you know, pocketbook. Yeah, and there's um, what's called uh, dark money mm-hmm. that is able to go uh, move into politics because before Citizens United, and I mean, and currently, candidates have to disclose where they get all of their money from. Right. So even for me on my small municipal election, I had to file campaign finance reports. Shout out to Kayla, my treasurer. Ayo. Um, and so she had to file all these reports and then it, it listed every single contribution that mm-hmm. I got. So at these lower levels, like when you're running for office locally, it's a bit of a different beast than it is when you're running for office obviously for the president of the united states yeah and when you're when so when you file these campaign finance reports like for a local campaign Mm -hmm. it's a lot of individual donors um, maybe some labor organizations or or other organizations um and then but on the larger level then you have PACs donating and making a million dollar donation let's say but you have no idea who is contributing to some of these PACs or other organizations or what's called independent expenditures. Mm -hmm. So you could have one billionaire funding this pack, or you could have multiple billionaires Mm -hmm. funding this pack. Um, That's kind of what is referred to as dark money because you don't really know the individuals behind the money. And a lot of that money we see trickling into um, President Trump's campaign Mm -hmm. um, since he's running for re-election. And And they have certain requirements where they do have to um show like what they're spending money on so one of the things that that was super shocking to me was that trump's campaign from the beginning from like the day after the inauguration in 2017 has been spending money on his campaign money from his campaign account that's donated by people and probably PACs on legal fees so yeah like the things that you can spend campaign money on yeah 
are also pretty vaguely restricted. Right. And a lot of those legal fees come from misuse of campaign finance right? Oh and reporting, which some of his campaign staff has gotten in trouble for and been indicted on. Um, so like you do have to make sure that your campaign finance reports are legit yeah. and you can't you know, cut any corners. You have to show exactly who you got the money from, but mm-hmm. it gets kind of vague when it's when yeah. it's a pack and when it's, um, yeah, when you, and you it's don't so really much know where the money's coming easier from. Easier to blur the lines at that level. I feel yeah. like we have a microscope on our campaign finance reports at this local level because, like, I know half the people who work at the board of elections. Yeah. So they, you know, they know what I'm involved in, and and you know, we have to be by the book with these reports that we turn in and the argument for citizens united and for kind of this doing away with these contribution Mm -hmm. limits was that money should be seen as a form of speech free Mm -hmm. speech protected by the constitution and that corporations should be considered people so people already have the right to free speech but now corporations have the right to free speech through money and so that's their argument but like Corporations are not people. There is a bill in Congress, um, House Resolution 1. It's called For the People Act. And this would undo the consequences of Citizens United. Um, So it would put the reforms back into place um, and put some more campaign contributions Mm -hmm. back in. Um, It has been passed by Congress, but um, unfortunately, like so many bills right now, it's just sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. Um, And so who knows if it'll go to the Senate. It's pretty unpopular, I think, though, because... Um, I mean, we were talking earlier, it's both sides of yeah. the aisle play this game. Like, yeah. we, I mean, even Democrats get dark money and get money from mm-hmm. independent expenditures. It's it's hard. It's a hard cycle to stop, I yeah. think, when you need, if your opponents are going to have access to unlimited funds and right. unlimited money, you're going to work your ass off to try to raise as much money yeah. as them too, just to be competitive. And so if you're going to say, oh, no, I'm not going to raise any money, I'm going to run a campaign for free yeah and then your opponent has a million dollars yeah it's it's pretty hard to compete once you get entrenched in that kind of system it's hard to it's hard to cycle your way out of it yeah I think so too and I think it's pretty unpopular to try to change campaign finance when like you're constantly asking the voters to reelect you yeah well and um, you have the congressional level especially for the for congress and for state house and state rep you your term is only two years usually and so you basically have to get you get elected and then you turn around and you have to start asking for money immediately right, right. and then so, even on the off years you're, you're asking for money for the yeah, party right whatever party you're affiliated with so it's like a constant fundraisers mm-hmm. after fundraisers mm-hmm. and it's crazy the amounts of money that the, yeah the, i mean i raised about 20 grand on my campaign mm-hmm. and losing was like I felt so I, the most most guilt I had was about the money sure. that I raised like p- real people my yeah. neighbors my friends donated money to my campaign and then losing was like well heartbreaking because I'm like oh like sorry I wish yeah. I could return your money but I already spent it like right. thanks for nothing but like also thank you it was just it was they a hard place in to be you. in it's yeah. yeah and it's a hard headspace to be in yeah but also I mean the the thing about campaign fun funds mm-hmm. like you can use them for your next race if yeah. you decide to run again. totally yeah um you can and so the money doesn't have to go away after you lose if you have anything left i mean mm-hmm. i think most candidates try to spend mm-hmm. all of the money That's that the they point, have because right? yeah you don't want to really leave anything on the table but like for instance um cory booker who um is a senator and he was running for president for a while and recently dropped out of the race um 
immediately after dropping mm-hmm. out of the race, then he started sending money or sending um, communications to raise money for his Senate campaign. Right. So if he did have any money left over in his presidential campaign, he can use that on his right. Senate campaign. I know there are some rules, um, federal rules that, you know, he's got to do some form filling out but um i i for most people you can use it on another race or if your campaign has ended or you lose um you can donate it to another candidate Mm -hmm. Um, we've had that like a lot of times elected officials will retire and Mm -hmm. then they'll give it on to the next person who fills their spot if they're friends or whatever um yeah but money in politics is like serious business yeah so i mentioned that um i my campaign i raised about 20 grand for my small municipal campaign which was um more than most of the candidates well yeah and more than what we had originally budgeted for so you had in the campaign you know fundraising plan that you laid out when we first started you i think we talked about raising about 16 or seventeen thousand. yeah budgeted that and then we exceeded our goal which was really impressive yeah and I think for a small race um like mine for a a small suburb in Ohio um that that is a good amount of money Mm -hmm. to run a campaign yeah it sort of will increase um based on how big your district is Mm -hmm. so there are some state rep districts um that that touch multiple counties in Mm -hmm. Ohio and you might need to raise half a million dollars oh, yeah. for that campaign um, because they're so big. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think congressional candidates in competitive districts are going to have to raise a couple million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then presidential campaigns, like I don't even want to put a number on that right now because oh, it's like, I mean, it's so much money, yeah. especially when you're competing with actual billionaires mm-hmm. right now. I mean, we keep seeing advertisements for uh, Michael Bloomberg all the yeah. time and Tom Steyer all the time. And, and well, they have just, money on money on money I know. And they it's just, just yeah it's, it's never ending i know so and it's hard for the smaller candidates i guess right. you want to call them small but well, and that's it, it gives an unfair advantage to people who just have bajillions of dollars i think running so. for office i mean this should be an equal playing field for anybody yeah. who wants to run for office you know joe schmo who lives on the street who wants to run yeah. for city council should have the same access as you know the bloombergs of the world yeah yeah it does and so I think um, having some kind of contribution limits, I think, mm-hmm. would make the playing field a little more fair, and it would get rid of sort of this dark money out, and yeah. um, everything would be out in the open. You'd know exactly where candidates are getting money from, because I think when you talk about corporations donating to candidates, like, for example, if a big oil corporation doesn't want any oil regulations mm-hmm. and doesn't want any environmental regulations because they just want to drill baby drill <laughs> then they're going to want to support the candidate mm-hmm. that will vote in their favor right, right. like it just makes sense uh, you but have it, these special it also interests. makes it unfair because oil industry has gobs and gobs of money oh, so absolutely. of course they're gonna get yeah. these people elected who will support them and it's it's sad because then other organizations like Planned Parenthood doesn't have as much money as yeah. oil organizations. And so they can't really spend that much money on, on lobbying candidates that we would want to yeah. see. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's just, it's totally uneven playing field. Yeah. So campaign finance reform um, would certainly help. And so would this uh, For the People Act that has been passed by Congress. So we encourage you, if this is something that you're passionate about, to reach out to your senators, to urge Mitch McConnell to get it off his desk and get it for a vote. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe we can kind of roll back some of the damages that uh, Citizens United has done. So should we take a little break? Let's take a little break. And when we get back, Sky is going to interview Jen Murphy, who is a professional fundraising and political consultant out of Dayton, Ohio.
Hey, Carrie, we are in the midst of primary season. We are. It's our happening. primary in Ohio is on March 17th. So the last day to register to vote in Ohio is today, <gasps> Tuesday, February 18th. The last day to register to vote. The last day to register, the last day to update your registration. Yes. Make sure you go to IWillVote.com yep. and check your registration here in Ohio, but especially all over the country. This is a really important election, folks. Yep. It's not just the last day for Ohio to register, but it's also the last day to register in Arizona, Florida, Hawaii, and Illinois. So all of these states can um, go to IWillVote.com and check up on your voter registration and get registered. This is the last day. So do it today. Um, I will so you vote. Can vote in the primary. I will vote and I will, I will vote, vote dot com. <laughs> so just for a little background for folks, Jen and I met in 2006. Yeah, I was hoping yeah. we were going to talk about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to deep dive. <laughs> no. okay. so would you start by introducing yourself and telling us where you work? Um, I'm Jen Murphy. I live in Dayton, Ohio. And a year ago, around this time, I started my own political consulting firm, awesome. uh, Jen Murphy and Associates. Yeah. Jen so- Murphy and Associates. Oh my gosh, that's so fancy. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. So- it's been a really fun and interesting experience so far. Jen and I met in 2006 on Sherrod Brown's first campaign for Senate. We were fast friends and we've been friends ever since. I'm so excited to see that you've sort of fell into your own and have made this space for yourself. Yeah, I always tell people Sherrod's race for U.S. Senate in 2006 was my favorite campaign because it's where I figured out I like to work on campaigns. Yeah. And I met my best friend, Sky. Oh. Uh, so just all around great experience. It was fun. It yeah. was so fun. It was fun here. So how did you, was that your start in politics? Was that your first real, like, di- deep dive into it? Yeah. So just my dad um, is really why I became interested in politics. Um, just, you know, just thinking about, like, my childhood and growing up, like, it was really common for uh, my family we like would watch the news in the morning and the evening my dad really loves history Mm -hmm. uh, both about politics and sports which is also where I get my love for sports especially um and just you know talking about politics like my dad I think just always made sure we were paying attention to what was going on in the world I remember in 2004 during the Bush Kerry race that was when my interest was really peaked like, mm-hmm. I, I just remember, like, how, like, really, how could we reelect this guy? And I just became really consumed with that campaign. And I remember my dad started volunteering um, here in Dayton on the Kerry race. You know, when Bush got reelected, I was just like, this is crazy. I have to do something. Yeah. And that's when I volunteered on Sherrod Race in 2006. And I've been working on campaigns. Oh, that's time. right. So what is your job like? What do you do? What's your day like? I know you travel constantly. You're always in the car. We, we, have, we always catch up <laughs> while you're driving. I know. Which is often. I'm like that annoying person that calls people from the car. Yeah. So I have a, I have a number of clients around the state. They all hold different elected office or some don't. Some are running for the first time. Um, which is why I wanted to do consulting. I, you know, I worked in somebody else's shop, which was a really great experience. Like I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was one of my favorite things about the job were the different 
clients we worked for and how they were all doing different things. So every day is just really different. Um, a lot of what I do is I help um, candidates fundraise, right. but also do some political work, helping people make, you know, establish like political relationships, traveling mm -hmm. around the state. So it's pretty fun. I mean, it's it really is like different day to day. Like some days I'm just here in my office in Dayton. Other days, like I'm on the road. And yeah, that's so exciting. And you sort of like hop around to different county party offices or the state party office or you know you've got friends in different cities where you can sort of set up shop if you need to you know hunker down for a day and do call yeah. time with a candidate or so do you mainly help them on the other side of the campaign like once they are elected or are you helping folks get elected for the first time though i mean i have i'm working like with a candidate who's running for the first time right now in dayton it's a really exciting race it's willis blackshear who's running to be the new state rep here in dayton it's 27 it's like a really just kind of a big like pass the torch of leadership campaign here and just i've known him for a really long time i think he'll do a good job so i'm really excited about that um, other cool. than that, everyone else I work for is already in elected office, so really just kind of helping run their political operations and, and raise money, you know, to stay in office, yeah. whatever it is that they might want to do next. So do you work with them on, like, strategizing around fundraising and, like, making a fundraising plan? Yeah. And you sit down and you actually do call time with people, right? Yep. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit what call time is? Yeah. So call time is um, when you sit, when the candidate sits down and really just calls people and, and asks them for money. I think it's really important to do like call time consistently too, because I think, you know, it's a really good opportunity to let donors know like what you're working on mm -hmm. and what your vision is and just really kind of maintaining that communication like relationship. Yeah. So I, you know, put together the list of people for the candidate to call, um, take notes while they're on the call, do follow yeah. up after that. So. so do you have just like a little spreadsheet that you're just filling in while you guys are on the phone? Yeah, sometimes it's like working off a spreadsheet. There's mm -hmm. a database that keeps all the data. Um, yeah, different clients, like a lot of folks use a database, but sometimes like candidates running for a local office don't have that. So like, who do you call? I know when... I was, I mean, getting, getting my friends who I worked for on different campaigns to do call time was like pulling teeth. It's so difficult to get people to just cold call and then have to cold call and ask for money. Yeah. But so like for Carrie, we started with just like people, you know, but then exactly. obviously you have to spread that circle. Yeah. So how do you figure out who to call and ask for money? Well, you can do research on donors in your you know, district or jurisdiction that give money to other candidates. So cool. that's a big part and of it. all that information is just publicly available, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every don't, everyone's campaign finance reports are publicly available. So a lot of times it's, it's just digging through that information and, and doing the research. And a lot of this work you have done for a long time. I mean, as long as I've known you, you've sort of been on the back end doing this work in a volunteer capacity. But it's so important, I think, to be paid for things that you are really good at. <laughs> I think oftentimes in campaigns and, in, and a lot of times in, in work that especially women do, we're asked to provide these things that we're good at, we're, we have good skills, and we're asked to volunteer for things like that. And, and so I think it's important to, to figure out, a, to make a space for yourself to, you know, get paid for doing what you're good at. Yeah. So yeah, I've been working on campaigns for 10 years now. Um, and I mean, honestly, I mean, I've been paid to do that mm -hmm. with 
you know, with the exception of a couple of years, I was working for local government, but I volunteered for campaigns outside of that. Mm-hmm. In Dayton, we have just this really awesome community of people who just love to work on campaigns. And so we just, that's just like what we do. Like people just volunteer. Yeah. They do it with, you know, with the tenacity of, of it like being their job. Like, yeah. And so it's just a really cool place where we just, that's what we do for fun is when we work on campaigns. I love it. Well, and then you get to hang out with your friends. Yeah. all the time like that was what was so fun about running carrie's campaign we got to see each other like every friggin' day because <laughs> we were working together but also like we love each other and it was fun to hang out yeah exactly what are some of the regulations around raising money and spending money i know mm-hmm. does it differ by state yeah it, i mean it well there's like so it depends on the office you're running for. If you're running for Congress or U.S. Senate, there's federal regulations. Like mm-hmm. There's a limit. If you're running for a statewide office or for the General Assembly, the limit, I think, is 13 and change. $13,000. Yeah. Any individual can give that much money. Mm-hmm. Or a pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a pack. That's right, because packs are apparently considered human beings now. It's And it's like for the primary and then the general. It's oh, okay. So, yeah. And then, you know, local, like if you're running for, in each city is different. Like I, Columbus has limits. They're the same as the states. Dayton does not have limits. But yeah, that's yeah. a really big part of it too, is like you need to make sure you know the rules. Yeah, totally. Money you can take and who you can take money from. Um, and you need to have good staff to know those rules too, because you don't want to, you don't want to get in trouble for that. No, cause you can get in big trouble if you screw the money up and if you screw the finance reports up, that kind of thing. You have to be very organized if you're a treasurer and file the reports on time and have all the information. Yeah, for sure. I know that work is, that work is difficult and it's hard to find folks who usually are volunteering to be a campaign treasurer or an organizational treasurer. So what do you think the key is to being able to raise a lot of money? You have to work at it. I mean, you have to, you have to do the call time. You Mm -hmm. cannot successfully raise unless you're like a self-funder or you have, you know, a good buddy that's a self-funder to fund your campaign. It's hard work. You have to you know, be willing to roll up your sleeves and sit in a room um, and and make the calls. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think, too, it's important that you have a vision that people want to invest in when sure. people get money. It's because they believe in you. They're excited about the work that you're going to do um, in the office that you're going to be in. Um, they believe in you. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to articulate why someone should support you uh, should support you financially. What kind of advice would you give to other folks, especially women who want to get involved in working on campaigns? You know, just show up. I mean, I think, you know, the first step is just, you know, saying like, hey, I want to, I want to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's, I guess like my advice would be like, don't be afraid to communicate what it is that you want to do. I think, that a lot of people are always looking for new younger people to do this work mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to just put yourself out there and ask questions and ask for help, ask somebody to like mentor you mm, Yeah. Uh, and don't be afraid to like take up space, voice your opinions. Um, Hell yeah. It, you know, I think that's, that's really important and you know, it's hard work, but important to make sure that you're having fun when you do it too. Who is one of, who is your mentor? I have a couple, probably my closest mentor is a woman in Dayton named Michelle Roberts. Mm -hmm. I met her a decade ago um, 
working at Democratic headquarters. She runs the GOTV operation in Dayton every year. Um, Through the local county party? Yeah. Cool. She's, I mean, she is one of the smartest people I know, and she is very fierce. Mm. And um, she's, you know, she's been a mentor to me since I've met her. We work together in the county auditor's office, too. Mm. Um, So, and she's retired, but we still, I mean, I have breakfast with her at least once a month and oh good amazing great mentor my other mentor is our county auditor carl keith i worked for carl for a couple of years he's he's incredibly smart and there's just some i think a lot of people in dayton consider carl their mentor mm-hmm. and i think he's a great mentor because there's something about carl that makes me want to like like when i'm working on something i'm like okay is carl gonna be proud of this yeah and it makes me like dig deep and do a little bit better i think a lot of people would say that about carl so i'm lucky to have a couple of mentors and those are two of them oh how lovely i mean i think so important to find people who are ready to you know mentor and train and impart their knowledge for the next generation of people who are going to do this work and then maybe potentially run for office someday and that kind of thing so it's so cool that you guys have such a great community that's giving so much of their heart and soul to this work. It's really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of great leaders here to learn from. And I think, you know, it's important to recognize, like, we stand on their shoulders and we have a lot to learn from them. And I think also times a lot of um, mentors find that they have a lot to learn from their mentees, too. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, why, I think that's also why it's important to be a mentor. I try to do that now, being a little bit yeah. older in the community with some of the younger, um, like, uh, people in Young Dems who are working on campaigns. Yeah. Uh, I try really hard to be as good of a mentor as, you know, I've been mentored. So You were the president of Ohio Young Democrats at one point. Yeah, you helped me with that. I did. <laughs> we had some fun going yeah. on to Columbus and talk a little bit about what that was like and being involved in a, I know a lot of folks think very locally, which is also really important, but there are statewide organizations that you can get involved in. So I loved being in Young Dems. I think one of the things I really liked about it was getting to know Young Dems around the state. Mm-hmm. And it's been really fun um, watching the watching people I've met around the state, seeing what they're doing now. Like a lot of them are running for office. Yeah. Um, like Dontavious Gerald is running for state rep in Columbus. I first met Dontavious. I think he was on our board when mm-hmm. I was, when I was in OID. And so super excited to see him, super excited to see him run. Um, it was, you know, really fun to watch Carrie's campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just really great to see young people stepping up and, and running for office and, you know, a lot of these relationships will last a lifetime. I think, you know, one of the rewarding things about being the Young Dems president is it's just by helping like more young people get involved on campaigns. It's just kind of the way I felt like I could help um, what was happening. And so just being able to plug young people into opportunities to, to work on campaigns was a really good experience. And how did you end up working out of state? I know you worked in a few different places, right? So after I volunteered on Sherry Andreas, I graduated college that spring. And then I think you helped me pack. Um, (laughs) I got a job on the Obama campaign. I worked in Iowa and moved there on July 4th of 07. 
and was there through the caucus. And I also worked in a couple of other primary states, Nevada and Colorado, before coming back to Ohio. So, um, and then in 2015 and 2016, I lived in Akron. And I worked for a really great person in Ohio politics, Kimberly Padilla. Um, she has a firm um, that does fundraising. That's actually where I learned how to fundraise mm-hmm. in Akron for two years and did that. And it was just a really great experience. I learned a lot working for, from Kimberly and still like rely on her expertise and advice pretty yeah. often. So, and you know, she's very supportive of me, which means a lot because I really look up to her. So, speaking of supporting other people, if someone is interested in hiring you, what, how do they do that? Or how can we help you be a success? Folks can email me at jen, jen at com, and always happy to sit down and talk to people to see if I can be helpful to them in whatever it is they want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's Jen, G-E-N. Yes. At jenmurphy.com. Thank you so much, Jen. This is such a pleasure. You are one of my oldest friends in politics. Thank you. I'm so glad you and Carrie have started this podcast. Like I listened to the first episode. Um, felt, I was like, wow, I have to follow Sheena. That's pretty hard. I know, um, right? She's such yeah, a badass. She's amazing. Um, but no, I'm really glad you and Carrie started this podcast and you're talking about women and women's issues and the work that women are doing. It's really Thank important. You. So, I'm super Thank you for joining us. It was good to see your face. Yeah, good to see you too. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you to our guest, Jen Murphy. That interview was so great and we were um, so thankful to learn uh, so much from you. Uh, We know that we have a lot of Ohio listeners and today, February 18th, is the last day to register to vote before the primary. So go to iwillvote.com to make sure you're registered. It's also the last day to register for Arizona, Florida, Hawaii, and Illinois. Also, February 22nd is the Nevada caucus. So any Nevada ladies out there, go out and caucus and make sure to join us next week for a brand new episode of We've Got Issues, Girl. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe. This has been a Girls Girls Media production. Our music today is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Follow us on Facebook at We've Got Issues, Girl and on Twitter at We Got Issues Pod.